This is AgriPulse Daybreak for Monday, June 6th. Good morning. I'm Jeff Kelly. Congress is back in session this week after an extended Memorial Day weekend holiday. Much of the political action, though, will be happening on the West Coast, where California primaries are set for tomorrow. California's long-running drought has been both a campaign topic and a subject of renewed debate on Capitol Hill. California, along with other western states, is being hit by another heat wave, and the Golden State is in its fifth year of drought. USDA data shows, though, that conditions are improving a bit. USDA's drought monitor shows that while 84% of the state is suffering some level of drought, that's down from 97% just three months ago. And when it comes to areas experiencing extreme drought conditions, that's been cut in half over the past 12 months, from 46% of the state to just 21%. But it's not just California that's seeing drought conditions diminish. Much of the farmland across the country is seeing improved weather, and that's good for grains and oil seeds. USDA meteorologist Brad Rippey said just 2% of the winter wheat production area is currently in drought. That's down from 19% back in mid-April. Corn Group tells its farmers to speak up against the RVO cut. The EPA is now accepting public comment on its proposed renewable volume obligations for 2017, and the National Corn Growers Association is telling its members to speak out against it. The RVOs, which fall under the renewable fuel standard, call for 14.8 billion gallons of ethanol to be blended into gasoline. That's 200 million gallons less than was originally set under the 2007 Energy Independence and Security Act. The deadline to submit comments to the EPA is July 11th. Beyond just writing to EPA to oppose the cut, the National Corn Growers Association asking its corn farmers to attend a June 9 hearing that EPA will hold on the issue in Kansas City, Missouri. The National Corn Growers Association President Chip Bowling said, We are very clear to EPA about what we want. It is simple. EPA should follow the statute. For farmers and others in rural America, this new EPA proposal means low corn prices and ethanol plant and industry cutbacks. And for everyone else, it means higher gasoline prices and dirtier air. Group told consumers unwilling to pony up for higher farm worker pay. Progressives frequently cite conditions and pay for farm workers as an area that needs attention from policymakers and consumers. But Marlon Buckner, who runs a Virginia farming operation that focuses on what he calls regenerative agriculture practices, had a blunt message for law students and others who attended a food policy conference on Friday at Georgetown University. The public won't pay the food prices it would take to pay farm workers more, he said. Butchaker said the American people are utterly unwilling to pay for the cost of food that it would take to pay the people that produce it. Buckner, a co-founder and CEO of Foreverview Farms, he said they're just not going to pay it. They won't. They'll say they will, but they're lying. Buckner pressed his point by noting that he could get just 40 cents for a bushel of apples. If I'm getting 40 cents for that box, what do you suppose the guy who's hanging off a ladder is getting? Buckner went on, the American people are unwilling to pay the freight, and until they are, nothing will change. Farm groups want more transparency for railroads. America's farmers and the agriculture industry need a better accounting of what's being shipped by rail and where, especially in times of massive railroad disruptions. 
That according to the National Grain and Feed Association. The group in a 15-page letter thanked the Surface Transportation Board for issuing a proposed rule to implement a monthly report on rail service performance metrics, but stressed more should be done. The group said it wants weekly reports that are highly detailed and show a breakdown of the types of agricultural commodities being transported, especially for vegetable meal and oil. First Lady Harvest Veggies. First Lady Michelle Obama, together with television cooking star Rachel Ray and students from across the country, will be harvesting vegetables in the White House kitchen garden today. Michelle Obama first planted vegetables in the garden on the White House South Lawn in 2009, also with the help of students. And the work eventually led to the creation of her Let's Move initiative. FDA's Ostroff highlights focus on sodium and supplements. Cutting the amount of sodium Americans eat is an immediate priority, but the agency is also going to prioritize regulating dietary supplements. That's the word of FDA Deputy Commissioner of Foods and Veterinary Medicine, Stephen Ostroff. The FDA on Thursday issued a voluntary draft guidance to help the food industry set targets for sodium reduction. American diets contain too much sodium, and too much sodium can lead to high blood pressure, a major cause of stroke and heart disease, Ostroff said in an FDA-produced interview that was posted on the agency's website Friday. But the new deputy commissioner added that a new priority for his agency will be scrutinizing the dietary supplement business. The FDA recently uh, created a separate office just to focus on the industry, he said. I think this will allow us to better work with and oversee the dietary supplements industry, which is rapidly growing and changing, and to be able to better use the regulatory tools that we already have at our disposal. USDA takes TTIP message to Lithuania. USDA Acting Deputy Secretary Michael Skews is heading to Lithuania this week, where he'll be promoting the Transatlantic Trade and Investment Partnership. The three-day trip won't just be about the controversial U.S.-EU trade deal, though. Skews will also be meeting with the Lithuanian Agriculture Minister to discuss prospects for future collaboration between the two countries. And there's plenty of prospect for U.S. agriculture exports to Lithuania, which just made the euro its national currency on January 1, 2015. That according to a newly released report from the USDA's Foreign Agriculture Service. Lithuania imports seafood, nuts, wine, and other products. The country bought $4 billion worth of U.S. agriculture imports last year, most of which were seafood. Well, that's Daybreak for this Monday, June 6th. AgriPulse Daybreak is brought to you by McLeod, Watkinson & Miller, America's most experienced law firm in agricultural and derivatives law, and by Dairy Management Incorporated. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak, I'm Jeff Daly.